0: The one who knocks. Uh,
1: uh, oh, no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you do something
2: with your life? You contribute nothing to society. Good morning, Vietnam.
1: Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking, don't they? Okay? You know my code. Hose before bros.
0: You can't handle the truth.
1: Who is your girlfriend? Woof.
0: Nobody calls me mad dog, especially not some. Shoot it up, egg-sucking gutter trash! Hello,
2: and welcome to my first time, the podcast that debates, disputes, and discusses pop culture classics each episode. Someone on our panel takes on the role of the first-timer, the person who's correcting a gap in their pop culture resume. Will they see what the fuss is, or just be left wondering, what the hell was that? My name is Dan, and I'm joined each and every week by Eden. Hello. Aiden. Catchphrase. And today we are sticking our boots into Romper Stomper, the 1992 Australian classic and a joint first time experience. I hadn't seen it, nor had I. Well, (laughs) let's just leave it there then.
0: Had you, wait, had you seen it?
2: I had not seen it. No. All three of us. All three of us. Oh, no, no, let's quickly talk about. You told me off uh, air that you thought hmm. you'd
1: seen it. Yeah, I th- I feel like I was thinking just before uh, I came into the movie thinking, oh, maybe I've seen this. I've- I'm I'm sure that I've seen it. But I think I combined Australian movies of the eighties and nineties into one horrific experience. <laughs> <laughs> like I really did not like Australian film through primary school and high school. I was always just like, ah, it just looks
0: terrible. And it sounds it- terrible. So, <laughs> so you thought it was Skippy the Kangaroo?
1: I thought I could have thought it was Skippy. <laughs> I could have thought it was Mad Max. I could have thought it was ah, uh, no, any of those trashy pieces. of Are you of crap. a Mad Max hater? No, I love Mad Max uh, now, now. But right. if I had been told. Oh, look at, like, check out this Australian movie. I would have been like, oh, keep it away. They just look gross. Because you're a racist. Yeah. To our own. (laughs) That's right. Self hating Australian.
2: (laughs) What's the number one Australian movie that, like, makes you cringe to think of? That is a hard question. Uh,.
0: Ooh. Is it the Nugget starring Dave <laughs> O'Neill? The Nugget
1: is oh, no good. Man, yeah, these newer, those like sort of new-ish Australian movies. <laughs> I got one
2: for you in a similar vein. Or I can't it... remember the exact name, but Takeaway. I was just that was uh... my next one, uh...
0: which also stars Dave O'Neill, <laughs> <laughs> which I think he wrote them both, or possibly.
1: Uh... I know. I just feel like there was an era where Australian movies were atrocious. Yeah, I think yeah, uh, yeah. yeah well, I'm sure we'll discuss more about yeah, Australian
2: yeah. cinema.
0: Aiden, any reason for you to miss this one? It's probably too violent for me. Like I steer away from something that's rated R purely for violence. Like that's just too much. I can't handle that much. It's and, and that's just me knowing my limit of like beyond MA. I know that I need to look away from a fair <laughs> bit of the film. I'm <laughs> I'm just I'm not that minded.
2: Did you I- have an awareness of the film though? Like
0: I'd heard of it. Um and I knew about the T V series that was launched like a year or two ago. And so that was like, oh, that's based on that old film that Russell Crowe was in that I am not brave enough to watch. <laughs> mm. yeah. I remember seeing
2: the poster for it as a kid everywhere. Like, really? I-
0: You're talking about like the Shirt off with the white um, suspenders and the white skinhead Russell Mm. Crowe shirtless
2: suspenders. That
0: image was everywhere. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It was a massive video store poster thing for me that I'm sure like outlived the movie's time in the sun. You know, like it would have been one that, you know, the video store clerk would have thought was cool. (laughs) So kept up for like five years. Um, So yeah. But I, I just think, yeah, by the time I was watching sort of more violent stuff, maybe it just wasn't. At the top of the list, you know? You mm. sort of go with those international classics like Clockwork Orange and yeah. stuff first, maybe. Yeah.
1: Well, when when I was like, oh, okay, Romper Stomper, and it came on, initially I was like, man, is this going to be like a dance movie or something? <laughs> <laughs> like, after I realised I don't know what this movie is, I... I don't know. Do you, you Romper Stomper sounds like it could be a dance movie. You know,
0: you know that's a term for skinheads, don't you?
1: I did not. Right. No, so that, no, that's a term know. for skinheads based because on. I'm not a skinhead. So it was a I mean, Channing Tatum film yeah. from 2001, <laughs> Step Up or something. Yeah, yeah. Romper Stomper. <laughs> Think I got to romp. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's funny how sometimes I get portrayed as the dumb one on this podcast. Hey, but I think, I, think... I,
1: I will gladly not know a term for skinheads. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think that was yeah, okay. He says with his bald head. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good point. All right, well, maybe
2: like the three of us, you have avoided it or just it's never quite made its way uh, to a TV screen in front of you. In which case, uh, we'll give you a little bit of a rundown now before we further pick apart the movie. Writer-director Jeffrey Wright's Romper Stomper is a gritty and visceral portrait of skinhead racist youths in The Melbourne of 1992. It is not a film for the faint of heart. The seething rage, anger and racism of its central characters are all laid bare for the viewer in scenes that are both ugly and compelling. A young and alarmingly handsome, is it just me, Russell Crowe, plays the skinhead leader... Hando, the violent, impulsive Nazi who reads Mein Kampf after sex and is happy to stare death in the face and swing his hardest rather than back down from a fight. The focus of the skinheads' anger in this 1992 Australian world is the influx of Vietnamese refugees who have found wealth and prosperity in the working class suburbs of western Melbourne where the skinheads call home. Hando and his gang bite off more than they can chew though when a horde of young Vietnamese men seek revenge for the unprovoked beatings that the skinheads have given out to several of their friends and family. Hando with his best mate Davy and new girlfriend, the damaged and reckless Gabby, are forced to hide out, but when sexual tensions flare, it leads to a movie-ending bloody showdown as the protagonist's world of violence and anger come crashing down upon them. Stomper was hugely controversial upon release, boycotted by both skinheads and the left wing alike. David Stratton refused to rate the film, saying it was a dangerous film that would likely incite more racism, while his fellow reviewer Margaret Pomerantz praised the film as one of the best Australian releases of all time. What was not divisive was the brilliance of the film's leads, chiefly Russell Crowe, who announced himself as a tour-de-force actor, but also supported fantastically by Jacqueline McKenzie as Gabby and Daniel Pollock as Hando's right-hand man and friend, Davey. The film was a significant homegrown success and was nominated for Best Film at the AFI Awards, losing, would you believe it, to Baz Loman's Strictly Ballroom. Huh. But, of course, it's not the awards that matter today. It is what our panel of first-timers make of Romper Stomper. Are we Davids? Are we Margarets? Are we a mixture thereof?
0: Oh, David! Yeah, I'm David.
2: Margaret. I, too, am a Margaret. That's, I predicted that there would be two Margarets and one David sitting behind the control panel. Uh, Aiden, what puts you into the David Stratton camp other than your flabby chin and short
0: cropped beard? Well, the listeners didn't need to know that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just couldn't get past that it's just a storyline of gratuitous. It's, it's a storyline of the worst parts of society and everything I don't want to see on TV. I found the, the violence, the um, themes, I found everything just incredibly confronting. And that's not something that I find enjoyable. I thought there was parts of it that um, were written really well and directed really well. But that didn't mean that I wanted to sit through two hours of that. Uh, 90 minutes. It's. it's okay, whatever. Fish. I'm not, yeah. I don't have the runtime in front of <laughs> me. No, no, I just think it's mer-
2: mercilessly brief, yeah. is my memory. I was like,
1: oh, I'm glad it's not much longer. Uh, Eden, thoughts? Uh, I, I I agree that it you know, is a potentially dangerous film, especially with, like, now its links to various uh, monsters. Um, but at the same time, I don't think we should censor a film. Oh, for that yeah. Look,
0: look. I just had to be compared to David or Margaret. I'm not <laughs> saying I am David, and we shouldn't rate it and all that sort of stuff. And I'm walking out of the studio. I'm purely just saying I didn't enjoy
1: it. You're yeah. more David aligned yeah. than margaret yeah. aligned, yeah. and and also I think it's a, a fantastic movie. I think like it, uh, it is horrific, absolutely horrific. Um, but I think that that's. You know, it's it's in the sort of safety of a film, so we can sort of yeah, but, see that kind of horror. But and what go, enjoyment
0: let's... do you get out of that? If you're saying it's a brilliant film and things, like, what is
1: it that you go, oh, I want more of this? I think visually it's, it's remarkably good, especially, yeah. like, the opening scene with, like, all the, like, blues and the, like, odd angles. It's that are so throughout. blue, isn't it? Yeah. The, the, that cold oh. sort of, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and the fact that, like, yeah, no, I, I got a lot of enjoyment out of, uh, we, we're spoiling it, so, yeah, the, the, like, destruction of this group of Nazis, Mm. um, but also, yeah, I thought, I thought it was a, like, fascinating look at Melbourne of the 90s, essentially. Because when it first started, I thought, this movie is post-apocalyptic, right? Like, this is set kind yeah, of like Clockwork yeah. Orange in a nondescript future. The film starts there, oh, basically. That's... It's got very interesting music to begin, oh, doesn't it's it? It's very sci fi kind very of. Very <laughs>
2: sci fi It's It later get, does a lot of, like, oi, sort of, like, oh. 1980s skinhead punk.
0: Because I... I completely t- did not get that at all. I straight right. away went, oh yeah, that's Melbourne. Like it looked so much <laughs> like Melbourne it was so familiar to me that I I straight away was put in that scenario and that scene. This- the
2: opening reminded me a little bit of The Warriors, just with oh, that music yeah. playing yeah, and, and the that. feel of the yeah. the title, the, the the electric sort of blue looking titles coming up and I was like, oh, this is this is not what I was expecting yeah. from it, the get go. It, it
1: gave me a real Clockwork Orange vibe that first scene. Oh yeah, that's sort of just like ultra violence in a, basically a underground area, like sort of closed off area. Um, it is hard; to, those scenes are hard to watch. Yeah. So it's the basically
2: the first scene of the film is Hando and his skinheads confront I think three Vietnamese teenagers moving through a tunnel, one of whom is a girl. So there's extremely sort of you know, it's they're very violent towards her. It's very hard to watch. And in fact, I thought I thought I thought all of the violence was pretty gut wrenching, yeah. to be honest. Like yeah. it was yeah. very realistic. And we're not talking like choreographing mm. or like it was just yeah, it was all gut wrenching. You could hear all the sounds and I was like, ooh, but Yeah it was compelling, I thought. Yeah. And yeah, I can see like David's point about um it potentially inciting, you know, people to racism. But at the same time, those sort of people are going to find their sources everywhere to be racist. And I thought in no way did it present these people as living the sort of life or existence that you should aspire to. It wasn't glorifying them or their crappy lives.
0: I know it wasn't based on a true story, in any way but was there a scene of that around the time like was that something that he was writing from a perspective of, of witnessing something along yeah, that, those lines that interests
1: interest me uh, especially going into the movie and feeling initially like oh this it must be in a future of some kind depicting how bad it can be the fact that it was set in 1992 and had uh, all of these horrible things happening it's like whoa okay well yeah it's it's Is this something that, is this the way that he saw Melbourne? Is this the way that... Yeah, because I
0: don't remember racism being that bad, but we're also roughly the same age, and we would have been like six or seven when this film came out. So we were probably a bit protected from that.
2: I watched the David and Margaret movie review of it. I found that online, and it's really interesting. And he clearly talks about like, we're in a, you know, there's a resurgence of racism right now. And so, you know, obviously for people that were adults at the time, you know, that racist attitude was in the, you know, the zeitgeist was in the mind's eye of people. It was actually, though, based on a Melbourne skinhead. It doesn't mention that in the film, uh, but you can just see on Wikipedia. It was, yeah, based off a Melbourne neo-Nazi skinhead called Dane Sweetman, Mm -hmm. who uh, Jeffrey Wright, he was awaiting... uh, a life sentence for murder. Oh no, he was serving a life sentence for murder. Sorry. And yeah, the, the writer director, Jeffrey Wright wrote to him. They couldn't arrange an interview, but they corresponded a bunch. And there's a scene where, um, Hando and the guys, they basically kick two sort of hippie homosexuals out of their squat and take it from them. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember, he ri- he raises up an axe at some point and he says, you know, get out of here or I'll chop your legs off. Yeah. Apparently that was a nod to this sweetman who wow. did indeed chop the legs off his victims. So it, yeah, it was based on a lot of, you know, real conversation and mm. correspondence that the director had.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: Wow. I thought Russell Crowe was incredible. This could be my favourite Crow film. Oh,
2: I think it is for me now. Am I I certainly the most effective Russell Crowe performance? Yeah. I was blown away.
0: Yeah. I'm more of a neighbours guy myself.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And it's easy to mock Russell Crowe though, isn't it? You sort of forget that at his best, he is really, really a fine actor. Yeah. He hasn't always made great films, particularly in more recent times, but... Mm. Man,
1: this is electrifying! Yeah, I, yeah. I thought that his his portrayal of Hando, oh my god, was just so uh, realistic. <laughs> it was yeah, terrible. He
2: just seemed like a deranged person.
1: Yeah, like, I
2: actually thought his he, I thought all the acting in it was fantastic, yeah. and was another reason that I think it's it's a very worthwhile film. Like, and and very watchable, even though what you're watching is difficult and yeah, confronting. Yeah. Uh, I actually really like Daniel Pollock, who played Davy, his uh, right hand man, and yeah. who was essentially the star of the film. Yeah, in many ways, like, and is. the hero. And I was like, why haven't I ever <laughs> heard of alternate. this guy? Like, <laughs> he's, st- he's still
1: bashing people today. <laughs> but death. he's the only one who learns. Essentially, he's the one that has the movies. most redemptive arc. Yeah, and yeah. that was <laughs> a
2: criticism of the film that it doesn't have a redemptive arc. It's but like, I think I don't think you can really, yeah. Come once back you've led that, to that point, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, he yeah, he um threw himself in front of a train before yeah, the movie that, was yeah. ever released. Mm. So, wow! Yeah, there's, but there's pictures of him. Like he's it was really confronting because I was, if you watch this film, you're in a bit of a weird headspace yeah. when it finishes. So I What's, watched, I finished the film, and I was like, all right, I'm just gonna read a couple of things while I'm processing it. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh, that's tragic. And then there was a link somewhere to a. Website that his family maintains, like a tribute website, and there's all these pictures of him with like Ben Mendelsohn Uh, and all these like iconic Australian great actors who are today still doing such great work. Mm. And you just
0: think, man, what a what a loss. Mm. My only criticism for Rusty was I felt like he was a little bit too well spoken. I thought for a film that was already rated R, could have had a bit more swearing and a bit more (laughs) more slang. Because these guys were rough, they were living on the street, but yet Rusty still spoke with a reasonable... (laughs) Is it NIDA? Is that the like a NIDA sort A of, accent? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I just that was that would be my only criticism of him. Hmm. I, I I did think it was a, just a little bit too pretty and a little bit too well spoken. Yeah. I can get past the pretty, but the well spoken, I was like, you're living on the street, dude. Like I, I speak worse than you, and I'm on the radio.
1: <laughs> do we do we learn? I can't remember if we learn anything about Hando's sort of background. Not at maybe, all. Maybe I, no, I I kind of saw that maybe as being. He is from a, you know, maybe a middle-class family. Uh, he does so- certainly kind of have a an elegance or something to the stuff that he, when he's talking and sort of...
0: Oh, I'm not saying take away the charisma or, you know, the the thing that made him the leader of that gang, you know, but I just thought a bit more slang and, and boganness yeah. to him, I guess, would, <laughs> would be needed. I can,
2: yeah, I can understand that perspective, but I wonder if that was a deliberate thing. Like, it's a funny one in that, you know these what these people in the film are doing is terrible, but I don't think that I felt like it was a pretty even-handed portrayal of them in terms of the directing. Like I don't think it was he wasn't trying to like make these people look like
1: idiots or fools. Mm-hmm.
2: You could just sort of I don't know, I th- I... and
1: maybe you could that's... just see for yourself. And yeah, yeah. So maybe that's why it was also so controversial. Is just that it's just a kind of down the line. It's not sort of taking well. No, it's taking it's the side that. Racism is horrible. Yeah, but it's not. It's not sort of intentionally going out of its way to like demonize or to judge.
2: Yeah, or to say, oh, look at these uneducated hicks that have become skinheads. Like it wasn't that. You know, wasn't that biased against them? I suppose. Which was I don't know. Maybe that's commendable. But at the same time, it is it is worth discussing. You hinted at at it before, Eden. That the film has at times become a touching stone for other. Skinheads yeah. and
1: uh, you know and actors of terror. Yeah, and apparently, like just th- through my googling, it like crops up in manifestos of people who go and commit. Wow. Yeah, domestic terrorism. Yeah,
2: the most recent one being the Charleston yeah. massacre in the U.S., uh, where the shooter had a, I think a poster of Hando. Yeah. On his wall, or a picture on his wall, or something. So. I've I've it's got pretty tough.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm finding it hard to. Hold back jokes because I feel like this is not a topic we it's can joke around. It's a tough one. Though, you yeah, know what I mean? Like this is this has become quite the serious podcast now. Well, you, we're all anti-avoid ra- it. We're all anti-racism. Yeah. yeah, like we're all on the same page here. Uh, I'm, I definitely am. Yeah. yeah okay. No. Well, I just, <laughs> yes. Just want yes. to make sure. I just want to make sure. Yes.
1: Yeah. I think that's why I was so like horrible watching it. Uh, because you're constantly going, like, oh my god, like these people do exist. Yeah, <laughs> like that is horrible. And it's a really real portrayal. It's it's yeah. not
0: like the sci-fi. It's, yeah, it's yeah. not yeah. That's like a, a, that's the thing. A like, distant guess, world. It's... If it
1: were a sci-fi, if like even like Clockwork Orange is horrific, but you kind of don't actually get that immediate sort of nah. impact, even though you're watching them do terrible things, because it's this ultraviolent future you kind of can distance yourself from it and i guess also the fact for us that it's set in melbourne which yeah is just an hour away this is our own country this is
2: yeah this is the past of our (laughs) nation not that long ago and in many ways it's so relevant to today with the the movie came out
1: a year before jurassic park yeah that's crazy like what the hell But in Australia (laughs) today, we have all these Because Jurassic Park is like the the sort of, for me, like the sort of start of cinema for myself. (laughs) (laughs) The fact that it came out the year before that makes me sort of go, wait "Wait a minute, I was around when this movie was happening. You lived in this Australia. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I see what you mean.
0: But you didn't live in Jurassic Park.
1: Thank goodness. (laughs) I'm so
0: confused. (laughs) But yeah, it's...
2: I mean, you can see why they would make a sequel to it, mm. like, Which, you know, with the rise of all these sort of anti-Muslim in a, yeah. immigration groups, it really is that same, you know, xenophobic fear that yeah, Handel like, and his mates had come to life again, but in different ways yeah, and the it's way like that they're trying back to... back around. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But now it's not like just skinheads with neck tattoos yeah. in tunnels, it's people trying to present as legitimate political parties or... Mm. That we just love our nation and we're peaceful protesters, whatever, whatever. But, so
0: this is the plot line for the TV show? Yeah,
2: I would watch the trailer for it.
0: Would you watch the show? Uh, hey, whoa, 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 we should <laughs> leave that to ratings. Yeah, <laughs> leave that for the uh, the
2: follow-up. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about more about that later. But yeah, I think it certainly still is a really relevant movie to uh, the Australia of today mm. and people's views of refugees and immigration and what's happening in Nauru and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, like, it still will touch a nerve with people, for sure. What do you think of the music, particularly the skinhead punk rock? Like, yeah. were you jarred by it that they were actually racist, like, lyrics?
0: No, I thought the music actually fitted really well. Not, look, I'm going to throw out some band names here, and I don't think they're racist in any way, but it did just, like like... Bad Dreams or any of those sort of bands are like, yeah, that does fit with the sort of music that I would picture like the worst parts of their fans listening to. Do you know, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, it, yeah, I just felt like the music did fit and as much as I do like that sort of music, I'm like, yeah, it's got that raw, rough aggression that you can sneak in your terrible attitudes in and sadly, it, it fitted
1: really well. I completely agree. Like I, yeah, I thought the music was phenomenal, and I think you're gonna bring it up because uh, you have that kind of glean in your eye at the moment. But uh, that Russell Crowe was, was his band oh, did, created uh, one of the songs.
0: Thirty odd foot of grunt get no, a right on the soundtrack.
2: You, if that's true, that's more research than I know. Oh, right, okay, <laughs> let me. I I bring it up because I was so jarred at the song. I'm going to say it it's a lyric in the song very prominently placed that says smack him if he's yellow smack him if he's black and I was like yeah I was like hang on a sec they can't surely if you're making this film you're not going to give royalties and rights to like the to actual neo-Nazi skinhead bands but you need fitting music they wrote the songs themselves so Russell the director Crow. no, Russell Crowe the, th- the director just went to like a bunch of studio middle-aged studio musicians And said, "This is the film I'm making. I need some like oi, oi sort of (laughs) songs." Uh, You know, they wrote some racist lyrics. They made some songs. Apparently, it was really hard to get the energy right. So the director Jeffrey Wright walks in there when they're recording. Get gives them all like a bottle of scotch. They get smashed and record the soundtrack.
0: (laughs) wow yeah you don't hear of that for like any other film no it's
2: and it's insane and so these guys like i read an interview that uh vice uh did with one of the guys that was on this band that recorded the soundtrack and yeah he's like we're all just basically middle-aged guys we're probably all left-wingers like this is music is not what you know, we believe by any stretch, or we just made it for the film and whatever. But the music has... It's one of those awkward tension things as well, like where you see Hando being adopted still today as a sort of a figurehead for some people. The music has been covered by a bunch yeah. of, like, racist bands. It's, like, racist, like, redneck wow. sort of skinhead music labels, like, have been, like, well, ripping that's what, it. And, that's why I yeah. said
0: before, I'm like, I could see this music existing it does sound like a lot of bands these days just not the same lyrical content um how did they go tour wise did they um where where can i check them out
2: i really like the sound of the songs though i knew you would i was like i really like this music but the lyrical content is awful you could just never listen to this Yeah. yeah And then I read about them selling the soundtrack. I'm like, who's buying this yeah. soundtrack? You can't well, listen to this. I think this.
1: we know who's buying the soundtrack. Well, yeah, that's you don't chuck that one yeah. in your
0: iTunes library and then put it on shuffle and all of a sudden yeah. it comes on at a dinner party. <laughs> yeah, there's one song called
2: Führer Fura, Fura. You don't want that. Uh, that's that's going to ruin canapes. Yeah, it's going to put
1: a crimp in your brisket.
0: <laughs>
2: uh, let's, uh, let's sort of finish off our discussion of the movie. I think you have to talk about the ending of the film. So yeah. basically it boils down to the rest of the gang has been arrested and Russell Crowe, Davey and and the girlfriend uh, Gabby are, are are on the on the lamb basically mm. driving down the Great Ocean Road. Russell Crowe chokes a service station attendant to death. That was as awful as anything else in the yeah. film. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because You have to think as well that probably service, like, you don't really see the guy too well, but like, service station people, um, especially back in the day, a lot were, like, yeah. I thought like, he
2: did have you did see his face getting yeah. choked, and everyone looks a bit like distorted when That's they're what getting I mean. choked, but I think he was meant to be, you know, yeah. some yeah. sort of ethnic, yeah, you know, minority at the time, minority, yeah. yeah. And so, it's awful. And they basically end up down on the beach of the Great Ocean Road, and I just did you find that extremely jarring just for a minute? Like, they've escaped the grimy inner-city footscray, yeah. and then suddenly they're just down on beautiful Australian coastline. And I thought it was, in a way, genius,
1: because yeah. it was so confronting again. like Yeah, and it's, it's again... I, I still, I didn't really find uh the city, the shots of like sort of Footscray that relatable. Like I, you know, I could see that it was Australia, but it wasn't until they got to the beach where it really hit home. It's like, oh wait, mm. this is Australia. <laughs> well, I grew up in that area, so it, I actually was like, oh, I reckon
0: I know that beach. Like I was like, I that looks really familiar to wow. me. Um, yeah. So that was very confronting.
2: Yeah. And so, basically, you know, Hando, Russell Crowe is trying to ditch the woman, and Davey won't have it. They've fallen in love, and Russell Crowe's drowning her in the water, and it's an intense, yeah, intense ending. And then a busload of Asian tourists turn up, and it's, it's kind of genius, like... David Stratton didn't like the busload of tourists turning really? up. Really, he thought that was a joke. He thought that was a payout of the Asian stereotype.
1: I don't know if I see it that way. I was like, no, that's. I can see how he would, uh, how it could be seen. Yeah, that I way. can see that. Yeah, I can
2: see the point. But you know, it's also fairly accurate. Like, yeah. if you go down the Great Ocean Road, you're gonna see busloads of Asian tourists. That's that happens. And I thought it was kind of fitting that the people that
1: are above them. Above
2: them <laughs> looking down on them were the people that these guys looked down upon. Like yeah. there was a nice bit of symbolism there. Yeah. Um
0: with it, they were actors. It wasn't just they accidentally like were rocked up at the time of No, Rudy's no, knife. that's what
2: an actual busload of tourists and <laughs> that I read that on no, so they're definitely <laughs> definitely actors. Yeah. Um and yeah, so in the end uh Hando cops a knife in the neck. Yeah.
1: And Oh, sorry. You. No, 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 go, go. I was going to say, that knife in the neck moment, the acting from Russell Crowe, I thought was actually really good. Yeah, uh, I agree. His reaction to mm. the knife in the neck. Holy crap. Yeah. That and was in- intense. We've got to talk a bit about the
2: closing credits, because you it sort of closes, and Hando's collapsed on the beach, sort of side, on his head, like, side of his head on the sand. And then it cuts to sort of his viewpoint of the, you know, like a 90 degree turned (laughs) shot of the lapping ocean and the credits just roll. And it was, I thought that was as good as anything in the film. Yeah. Was that rolling credits. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We haven't discussed the uh, female lead in the film too much. Oh. When did you um, pick up on her backstory? Because the first time I didn't pick up that that was her father until she went back and visited him. I was like, this makes no sense. And I literally put it in my phone. I was like, the, her backstory was not explained enough for me. I don't understand what's going Let's on. Let's just
2: fill it in for the listeners. So the first time you meet this girl, like this rich guy turns up, he's got some sort of muscle crony with him and there's some junkie, they're in a nice house, but some junkie boyfriend of hers has got high and he's being violent and the, the crony beats him up. And this guy looks like he's coming in to rescue her and you think, oh yeah. And then he like immediately like just tries to like molest her mm. and you're like, oh, this is weird. Yeah. But I was like you, I was like, oh, it must be some creepy boyfriend yeah. or I took- something.
0: I took it as like a pimp like, that's the only thing I could sort of get to my conclusion. Yeah. Well, it had
2: that vibe for sure. Yeah. yeah.
0: And then later on, it's revealed that it's her father. Oh. And it's, and it, that was probably the, I don't like using this term, like the best storyline of the film for me, but it was the part that I was like, oh, that was a really good reveal and it was done really well. And uh, yeah, it, like it was disgusting, but also I was like, I can see her as a rounded character and see how she's come to live in this world. And he's this
2: rich advertising executive yeah. and it it was
1: deeply uncomfortable yeah. watching, but I agree. Yeah. The uh scene where they're finally like in his house and like trashing it and everything is kind of <laughs> I don't know, good. <laughs> Well, he deserves I don't want to say it, right? yeah, exactly. He deserves it. You're like, but at the same time, it's hard to say that anything is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah at at yeah. least yeah. they're channeling
2: their rage onto somebody who is a scumbag. Yeah, like. yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah. It actually reminded me a little bit of um the first Batman film. You know, when Joker comes through and he's spray painting all the yes. and yeah, that yeah, sort of yes, vibe. in the art gallery. Yeah, I don't know why, but at the time I was like. I think they were probably released roughly at the same yeah, time as well. Like, vibe. and I was like, oh, this seems to be some. I don't know. It reminded me a bit of it in a light-heartedish way, in a, I guess yeah,
1: yeah. And again, that that scene reminded me of Clockwork Orange, where they like go to the old man's house. Like, there, there were just so many parallels. I thought. I think clearly the author
2: has taken a fair chunk of inspiration from Clockwork yeah, Orange, yeah. but I don't think in a totally derivative. Oh world. no, definitely not. No.
0: Yeah. But again, that's another film that I have said, I don't want to watch that because I know I can't handle it.
2: I think now that you've seen this, I think Clockwork Orange is much more... Ha- I, I would agree. I think this is much more confronting. You'll be like, ah, Clockwork Orange. Yeah. Like, this, to me, is so much more in-your-face, so much more gritty. Yeah. Yeah,
0: No, nah, I'm good, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Until we do it for the podcast.
2: <laughs> All right, let's get to the Scores. <laughs> We will return after these messages. All right,
1: Eden, what have you been enjoying? I have recently finished reading Cormac McCarthy's The Road. It is an outstanding post apocalyptic uh, tale of a father and a son uh, in a world that has been destroyed. ...by some kind of horrible cataclysm. I think that's what the words post-apocalyptic <laughs> Yeah, mean. I know, I just realised that they are very <laughs> non-specific. They do not mention what destroys the world. <laughs> You're a little bit late onto this. I am, yeah. So it came out in 2006... Uh, and then I think there was the movie in 2009, I, which I now have seen after having read the book, but I got it recommended by a
0: friend. And... Are we just recommending things from 10 years ago hey, now? Hey, hey,
1: hey, I'm recommending something that <laughs> I've
0: enjoyed. It's slightly more recent than Rompus Domber, at least, yeah. I suppose. <laughs> I want to recommend Home Improvement, you may be familiar with You could, with
1: it. <laughs> you could, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> But that's no, an excellent book, like, outstandingly written. All right,
0: so if I'm on Amazon.com yeah. and it has, like, people who purchased this also bought this, what oh. else would you put Ooh. on
1: that? Oh, that is hard. All right. Um, well, I need to know what I'm getting myself yeah, into. Yeah, yeah, no, fair enough. Okay, I would put uh, No Country for Old Men on it because uh-huh. uh, it's also written by Cormac McCarthy. Gotcha. And I would probably put on, like...
2: Ugh.
1: Uh, What's that? What's that movie that, uh, that Vigo Mortensen did? Sorry,
0: do you need to go to the toilet? Oh, to that to- not that yeah, no, movie. No, no, no.
1: The one, the one where he's living in the woods with his family. Captain Fantastic. Captain Fantastic. It's kind of a bit Captain Fantasticy, but a bit sadder. A bit more post-apocalyptic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it sounds
0: like you need to go to the toilet for a second. I do. <laughs> you had a chance before we started
1: recording.
2: That's yeah, true. Aiden
0: recommendation okay mine uh is something that i you just had a kid
2: you've had nothing but free time and downtime while (laughs) the baby sleeps all right you should have so many things do
0: not start with me my friend i'm on i'm on about three hours sleep i'll snap at any minute (laughs) Uh, this is not something that I'm putting out there as like the most sophisticated bit of art. This is just something as I... As opposed to most of your recommendations. <laughs> true. True. All right. I'll just throw it out there. Um, I don't know if you've seen on Netflix recently, there's the new Shaft film. Oh, oh. <laughs> I mean, I
2: saw it, sure, but I didn't see it, obviously. <laughs> I really
0: enjoyed it. Uh, if you are after a very tongue in cheek, it knows... it. It acknowledges what it is and knows exactly what lane it's in. Um, It makes fun of itself constantly. Uh, There's a fair bit of swearing. So if that offends, probably don't watch this. Um, and misogyny, yeah, you're going to get a lot of that. Um, But it knows it's being misogynistic, and it makes fun of itself for doing so, and tells itself it's doing the wrong thing at the same time. Um, I think it was released in cinemas over in the US, and it completely bombed. And Australia (laughs) went, yeah, we'll take that for free on Netflix. Uh, And it it has Samuel L. Jackson reprising his role... Um, that i think it was in the 90s he yeah, put out is, it like, is it like is it a sequel to that movie yeah it's kind of like he's old now and he's kid uh, <laughs> I, like, uh, I can't yeah. handle when they bring like, yeah. have to bring in a kid old to... Sha- yeah like uh, a
1: die hard 4 or that something that was the death of die hard not <laughs> <laughs> like, but they
0: even bring ghastly. in the old guy that played shaft in the tv oh. show in like the oh. 70s like oh. and they all
1: piece it together is is he the grandfather <laughs> no <laughs> I can't wait for 10 years down the track
2: where all four of the old Shafts are getting cameo appearances.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so Shaft, check it out if you want something very lighthearted and um, something you can fold washing to or rock a baby to.
2: This is not my recommendation because I haven't seen it for a long time. But have either of you seen Black Dynamite? No. Excellent. Excellent spoof of Blaxploitation Films. Uh, it is so good. It's the funniest thing uh, ever. <laughs> You've got to see it. Aiden. you would really enjoy it. Right. Um, my recommendation is a musical one. I am recommending uh, an artist... I just know them from Spotify, and I've never heard their band name discussed or anything. But the the band name, as it appears, is Sandy in brackets, then Alex G. So I don't know whether to call them Sandy <laughs> or Alex G or Sandy Alex G altogether. But uh, Sandy Alex G uh, fairly prolific... Sort of singer, songwriter, sort of acoustic y, downtrodden y, but yeah, quite interesting. Uh, just dropping new singles at the moment, and uh, yeah, I'm eating them up. I might even drop a little bit of the newest one, which is called Southern Sky. When
0: I wake up, I am
2: And we're back, and nobody pretend that we actually heard that in the studio. (laughs)
1: Mm, That was interesting. Uh,
2: We're done! Let's go back to Romper
0: Stomper. (laughs) So musical.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Shift. So, quick disclaimer before we do the scores. I think, given our categories, it isn't going to rate that well. I'm a bit sad about that. Yeah, me too. But, you know, let's just go through it. iPhone test.
0: It's the same bar that every other thing on this podcast has had to jump over. Yeah, but
2: there's not been many things I think are legitimately great cinema on this podcast either. (laughs) Eden, iPhone test.
1: I'm going to go... I'm going to go three. Like, I think that there is still... Like, like, for a movie from 1992, there's still going to be that sort of sense. Occasionally, you're going to want to pick up the phone and do stuff it's, it's not necessarily like an in-your-face uh modern like modern style film where there's constant action i love it but i think it's going to be a three
0: yeah i'll go two and a half i actually thought like it's it's tough because there were parts of the film that i was looking away but i wasn't it wasn't that it's i was distracted <laughs> exactly um so i have to mark it down Um, for the parts that I did use my phone, but the parts that I was watching, I was really watching. It was intense and I was captivated, but not always in a good way.
2: I'm giving it a five. I don't think I looked at my phone once. I was pretty gripped the whole time. And I think the movie does a great job of, even in the quiet moments, of just having this sizzling danger beneath the surface where you're never quite sure what's going to happen. And, you know, like, stuff does happen out of nowhere. Like, there's the kid racist uh, uh, skinhead bub gets <laughs> shot in the head by police officers all of a sudden. And yeah. So there's there are so many moments in the film where you either think something terrible is going to happen and it doesn't, or it just comes out of nowhere and the terrible thing does happen. Mm. So, yeah, I thought it was great. I thought the dialogue was fantastic. I thought it was, you know, visually, you know, shot Uh, Tremendously well. Soundtracking was incredible. So it was a five for me. I was
1: uh, I was gripped. Cultural significance. That's a five for me. I think it is. Wow. Very culturally significant. I don't. You know. I don't know if there are any uh, reference to it in The Simpsons, but I (laughs) I think it is like an important film. Being like Russell Crowe's first is like a small thing about it, but the fact that it like. Just shows this this horrific band of Nazis. I think uh, I think it's important. Aiden,
0: just quickly, romper stomper Simpsons. I have a vague memory of <laughs> no.
2: An image. It couldn't be. Can't be. This <laughs> <laughs> just can't be. Surely. No, you're right. You're <laughs> probably thinking of Romper, Stomper... The musical. <laughs> the musical version that Eden was... Uh, it was probably step up on The Simpsons. No, I,
0: th- I had a memory of like that Russell Crowe, but it a- might have been a parody or something.
1: Like the suspenders? Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah just that image. Anyway, I'm wrong. Uh, <laughs> cultural significance, I think the opposite. I actually don't think there was a single thing in this film where I'm like, oh, that's from Romper, Stomper, or that's why this, or any... Part of it, where I was like, "Oh, this is so familiar," because I've had it referenced in so many different things, and I think I could have gone through life completely missing this and not felt like I missed something in life mm. that everyone else had seen. So I actually only think it's about a one. Wow, it's a five
2: from me as well. <laughs> I'm giving it two. I'm giving it a five here, not just because I want it to be highly rated. I think this, as Australians, if we were if we were French. Making the French uh, my first time? Like, (laughs) no. Like, I, I wouldn't give this a high score, but I think as Australians, as a piece of our cinematic history, I think this is one, this is to me perhaps the greatest Australian film I've ever seen as Russell Crowe's breakout performance and as something that still touches a nerve I think, of yeah, Australian for, society today. For me,
1: it's the content, like the touching of the nerve that puts it to the five. Yeah.
0: <laughs> How many episodes of Muffer's Time <laughs> would it take before we got to Amelia or Amelia or whatever it was called? Emily? <laughs> Emily, that's one. <laughs> oh, straight out of the gate, yeah, yeah, definitely. That's number one. And then... Um, Pink, I don't know Pink Panther right <laughs> um, Daft Punk's first album and that's about <laughs> it isn't it Air remember them yes yeah, yeah
2: they were good Chocolate <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then of course just every Gerard Devereux movie <laughs> and um this week's episode, wearing a bouquet or a bag, What do they call it? bouquet? <laughs> Ruined my own joke. I'm tired.
2: I think improved. <laughs> no, if we, if we were French, we would never do anything French. This is our first Australian yeah, thing ever. Yeah, true. Probably be self-hating French. Uh,
1: returnability, Eden. I don't want to watch the series. I really don't want to watch the series. I think a lot of the love that I had for the film was a product of the time that it was made and I, I feel like the, the, the series I, I've got no interest in. The
0: series is based now, yeah? It yes. is, I think, yeah. 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 So it's like the same characters that are still alive, the ones yeah. that are still alive, now and what they're up to in the world today it's based
2: on real life groups i think it brings back uh, jacqueline mckenzie as gabby and a couple of the other skinheads but i don't i watched the trailer it doesn't seem like they're major major players maybe jacqueline mckenzie i think she turns out to be the mom of somebody who you know slips into being a skinhead and she seems like wrought by that but yeah it's more based on the real life groups you have in the world today like i think in the trailer, they're calling themselves Patriot Blue or something. Mm. They're the people out there protesting against Muslims, and then there's the like, you know, the violent left-wing faction opposing them. And so I think it's you know just to yeah. look at what's happening today. All
0: right, yeah. Eden, I cut you off. So yeah,
1: no, so I think returnability for me, mm, I'm going to put it at a three. I would definitely watch the movie again, but I don't want the sequels.
0: <laughs> yep, fair enough. Zero. Couldn't. <laughs> Couldn't watch it again. I I struggled to watch it this time, and it was only my commitment to you gentlemen and the good listeners of this podcast that made me finish it, because I really struggled with it. Well, I text you halfway through. And 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 my mum, thank you. (laughs) I text you, and I was like, I'm really struggling with this.
2: Yeah, I'm going to give it a two and a half, because... I did watch the trailer for the new one. Uh, it didn't look compelling, uh, so I'm not going to watch that. And I do want to watch this again at some point, but not for a while. Mm. And I don't think I'd be sitting down to watch it every year. Like, Oh, no, it's not a Christmas movie. I it's think. not a Friday
0: night popcorn film, is it? <laughs>
2: uh, well, speaking of Friday night popcorn films, partner friendliness. Eden?
1: Uh, there's got to be a one. I think there is, I'm not going zero. I think that it is something you could watch. Yeah, maybe, s- maybe not on a first date. Base but. this
2: on your own wife for us.
1: I, uh, Kirsty, didn't watch this one with me, but she did come in towards the end of the film and seemed engaged. I think that Kirsty would have. Uh, I, again, don't want to say enjoyed the movie, yeah, yeah, but like yeah. I think she would have... Got something out of got it. Got something out of it, yeah. She's a yeah. drama
2: teacher. Definitely, I feel like yeah. as a drama teacher, you'd have to like appreciate yeah, yeah. the quality of the acting and filmmaking. Uh,
0: yeah, another zero for me. <laughs> there is no possible way I could get my wife to watch more than 30 seconds of this. Like I know her, and I know how much she would... Not be able to handle this. Much like myself, that's no judgment on her. I, I've said the same things for me.
2: So is that a zero just for your wife, or is that a zero for partners in general everywhere?
0: Oh, look, if your partner's got a Southern Cross tattoo, maybe you'd get something out of it on a di- different level. But I still think it's a zero. Maybe, I still don't think there's any part of this. Maybe that's... it's
1: a good thing if someone tries to show you this movie on a date night. <laughs> then maybe they're not the right person it's for some, you. Some kind of <laughs> it's, test. It's yeah. a Morning signal.
2: <laughs> what if they just want to show you classic like Australian cinema? <laughs> Australian cinema. <laughs>
0: like,
1: what if next week it's the castle? <laughs> You're open with the castle. No. You start with Rombus Stomper. You start
2: with Rombus
0: Stomper. I would love to play... You want to
1: finish the movie marathon with Rombus Stomper. No, you're wedging in between the castle and, like, the dish or something. <laughs> the nugget.
0: Yeah. I would love to play a game of we keep saying Australian films until we run out, because I guarantee we've only right. got about three more each. All right, we'll do
2: that at the end when everybody stopped listening. <laughs> uh, I'm giving it a 0.5. Like... Sure, like, there's going to be couples out there that want to just watch great Australian cinema every now and again. It yeah. is a legitimately, um, yeah, it's, I think, a great piece of cinema. I, I say that to say it's not enjoyable content, it's challenging, confronting, extremely hard to watch at times, and stayed with me massively. But are you going to watch it on date night? Not that many of us, let's be honest. Yeah. All right, let's tally up those scores. Be back in a second. After
1: these messages, we'll be right
2: back. All right, here we go. This is the Australian movie uh, sound off where you just have to say the title of the Australian movie and you've only got a couple of seconds or you will be eliminated. Last man standing. Mad Max. The Dish.
1: Mad Max 2. Mad Max 3 Beyond Thunderdome The Castle <laughs> Mad Max Fury Road The Nugget
0: <laughs> Are we classing like Moulin Rouge?
1: Yeah mm. Okay,
0: let's go with that then
1: Australia Strictly Ballroom <laughs>
0: uh, uh, Priscilla Queen of the Desert <laughs> Crocodile Dundee Crocodile Dundee
1: 2 <laughs> Cracker Jack oh. <laughs> Bad Eggs
0: Oh damn it! that was my next one <laughs> uh,
1: The Removalists Exists.
0: Uh, we said takeaway. I don't uh, know takeaway. Yeah, sure takeaway. Uh,
2: the road to Neil. Uh, red dog.
0: <laughs> Good one.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: top end wedding.
2: Kenny.
1: Oh, oh, damn, it. oh. damn it! Out no.
0: Out. Eden's out. Alright, you and me. Okay. Uh, Blinky Bill. Happy feet. Storm boy. Stormboy the original. <laughs> oh no, nah, that's what I that's said. That's two, two yeah, films. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I meant the original. I'll
1: allow it. <laughs> Back to you.
0: Okay. Um. Uh. Oh, that AFL one that came out last year. Got to name um, it. Yeah. Yeah. Three. It, it,
1: it's called. Oh! Hey! hey. Well done, Dan.
0: <laughs> what was it called? i got remember? no idea I got no idea what you're talking <laughs> uh, about oh well
2: you're talking about Adam's good docu- Adam's <laughs> no, good's no, documentary no no no
0: there was one about um, country football clubs and and refugees moving to their area and they were trying to incorporate them into oh. society more and they, the local uh, head of the coach of the footy t- club was like if we get him in the footy team everyone will like him more sort of thing something oh. like that yeah <laughs> I, I didn't see it
2: whatever <laughs> I don't want to be like too gloaty but I still had shine up my sleeve Ah, oh, shine oh. of course
1: classic <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right, the scores are in. It, it's a middle of the pack score. The same score as Jaws. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. That's impressive. I mean, that puts it in, you know, reasonable company. company? Yeah. Uh, above Blade Runner.
0: Well, that's fair enough. That's no, obviously no, it's not, fair. No, it's, not,
2: it's not fair at all. It's not fair. I think it's a better <laughs> film than Blade Runner. I think that's inarguable.
1: Uh, hmm. That's. that's I got more out of it. It's, ooh. Ah, oh, that's really conflicting in my brain there. Because <laughs> you want to be on Team Rompers on one. Oh yeah, definitely. But Blade Runner's so good. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Uh, let's keep going through the
1: scores. I just feel like
0: it's it's like it's the zero mark, like it's, it's just like the middle, like like uh. like if it's above Blade Runner, it did okay. If it's below Blade Runner, yeah, it's a bad film.
2: Yeah, like, so it's in the good, yeah. in the my first time continuum that split directly <laughs> <laughs> good and bad with Blade Runner. I would like
1: to see this continuum visualized in some <laughs> way, please. When I want to get some
2: free time over the next few
1: days, <laughs> I might do that for you.
2: Uh, but so yeah, a, a fine score, certainly hampered by its un partner friendliness. (laughs) Uh, Next time for you out there in uh, my first time podcast land, we don't have a poll coming up uh, on our Instagram. We have chosen instead... To do something uh, oh. that Eden and Aiden we're not have this. never done before. Well, I we are.
0: I don't want to. Oh, but you have to. It's cr- like I feel gross just thinking about it in my mouth. Like I'm like, oh, the saliva's all disappeared. <laughs>
2: the fact that you hate it means we're going to get record download numbers. <laughs> our our <laughs> listeners are going to be so excited for your displeasure. <laughs> we're going to just go and drink coffee. How nice does that sound? No. it's. I'm nervous, but sure. <laughs> no. So just quickly...
1: Neither of you have ever, ever drunk coffee. I've never had a cup of coffee in my entire life.
0: I'm a man-child. I've never grown up. Of course I haven't had coffee. It Do you stinks. like hot chocolate?
1: No. Oh, you don't like hot chocolate?
0: No, I don't like hot liquids. <laughs> Milo? any so, hot liquids What about
2: Can I say what you said off air when we were talking about this you're
0: like why would you drink coffee it's brown who would who would, who would, who would eat or drink a brown thing That that makes me sound racist <laughs> Come on I just meant it like it looks like poo water yuck
1: Is that why you don't like hot chocolate
0: no, I don't like hot liquids. There's something about hot liquids, like soup or Milo. Or, I was like, I don't like the idea of something hot. I just like yeah. Milo
2: in milk? Oh, that's delicious. Like cold I like milk. It cold,
0: I like it cold. Yeah, that's brown. Yeah, it's it's chocolatey brown. It's not a dirty brown <laughs> coffee, and it smells bad. I'm so excited for this. We're going to be putting some
2: coffee into you two boys Woo! and seeing what the results are. <laughs>
0: mm, yay! Join us next time.
2: Thanks for listening.